Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my friend and guest, Christina Hyde. In this episode, we'll tackle how to have poise during challenging scenarios. Hello, school drop-off line. Find out what to do when a coworker is driving you crazy and utilize the 50% rule to mark off our mom wins. This is episode 58. Here we go. Well, thank you, Christina, for being with me today. It's so fun to have you back. And thank you listeners for tuning in this week. I was hoping that before we kind of dive in, you could share one of your favorite Christmas traditions just for fun. So Christmas traditions, uh, we don't do anything particularly elaborate. We celebrate with our family and usually have several family get togethers. We'll go cut a tree and decorate it and hang stockings. Um, The kids usually do some kind of advent calendar as we count down to the due date. Um, But we've never really made a big deal about Santa. So so I kind of live in perpetual fear that one of my kids is going to tell some unsuspecting child that Santa is not real and like ruin everything for them. <laughs> um, between my husband and I, one of us usually has to work on Christmas. This year he drew Christmas and I work Christmas Eve. And I mean, it sounds like a pain, but it really doesn't matter what date we celebrate. Um, and sometimes that even allows us to be more relaxed and to, to enjoy the time together as a family because we celebrate on the off days. Yeah. And somehow that makes it so there's less pressure which is great because I feel like the holidays can be pressure cookers oh that's so true that's so true Uh, yeah everything has to be just right I know it's kind of great because you're like well I can't do this on Christmas Eve we're gonna have to change plans yeah that's awesome so last week I talked about poise in fact this whole month of December will be dedicated to that subject In a world where manners are not always common and it's difficult to find a role model, it's important that we look at what poise is and how we can have it. So last week we established that poise is an attitude, not an achievement, and I love that. So Jennifer Scott, the author of my beloved Madame Chic books, says poise is an art form. It's something you practice and it's a graceful and elegant bearing. She also goes on to say it includes confidence and composure. It's motivated by compassion and kindness for others and reflected in how we present ourselves. I shared my love of old Hollywood glam and how many of the actresses, notably Grace Kelly and Audrey Hepburn, possessed incredible beauty and poise. They had an elegant, alluring air of mystery about them, something I find rare these days, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's something I want. So in the age of oversharing our lives on social media, it's even more challenging to cultivate that air of mystery, self-control, and composure. Do you have a role model, Christina, that you look to when it comes to having poise? Um, Well, first of all, I have to say that I think it's a little bit ironic (laughs) that we get to talk about this together because uh, my husband gives me a hard time for being unable to carry on a conversation without bringing up scatological humor. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, like when I taught middle schoolers, I did not mind the bathroom humor. I was like, you know. (laughs) Maybe there's a place for that with (laughs) poise. I don't know. (laughs) But... um, Yes. Well, now that's out of the way. Um, (laughs) Poised role models. Uh, When I think of poise, I'm first reminded of Kate Middleton, Mm. but I really don't know her. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't? No. no. (laughs) I imagine that she could look interested and polite and engaged um, while watching someone's pet fly do tricks, (laughs) but... um, but I, I really don't know her. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I, so I work at the hospital and the charged nurse on each unit is the person you go to when you have a problem. Mm. So they spend their day problem solving. Okay. 
one of my charge nurses comes to mind when I think of poise because I could tell her something completely ludicrous like Hugh Jackman was in the waiting room and his foot had fallen off and somebody high on meth was trying to sell it on eBay. And she'd look at me with this like raised eyebrows and say, oh, and then immediately she'd start solving the problem. She'd call security. She'd Love move it. patients around so we could get him a bed, etc. And um, I've never known her to make a snide comment, even when the situation was practically begging for one. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now I'm just picturing who is he yeah. play mainly Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wolverine's in the lobby. Wolverine in the lobby. she's just taking it in stride. Wolverine yeah. in the lobby. Okay. Let's get a room for Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. It's so true. And it's good to find people that are kind of around us to be motivated by and to be encouraged that it's possible. And yeah, it's just so good to find people around us that inspire us in this area of poise, I think. So to recap last week, our action steps were to decide that poise is valuable and worth having. The second step was to identify any cognitive distortions, and that's just those wrong thoughts that we have in our minds about ourselves or others. And the trick is to catch them early. This works for me really well, just to challenge them and then move forward. Tell yourself the truth about a situation. Um, Resist the temptation to believe those lies and remind yourself of who God says you are, not how you feel or think you are. And sometimes a good friend can help encourage you in this area too. And the last two were to find a role model like we just touched on right now and then to choose compassion and empathy. Today, let's move into more tactical strategies for challenging scenarios that require poise because we know they happen. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to tackle several different types of challenging scenarios and help encourage one another in how we could best respond with more grace and poise. First, let me say that I have an embarrassing story about the school drop-off line. (laughs) Driving seems to be one of my weak spots where all composure and poise wants to fly out the window. I mean, I don't know why. (laughs) It's just how it is. Um, So I guess driving is a whole scenario for me. Road rage, we know, is a real thing that many people struggle with. Not that I succumb to those really crazy responses, but I do grumble and mutter under my breath too often. In fact, my children have repeated some things I've said, which is super humbling. Like, yeah, they say it get back. going or what's that truck doing? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I've oh, been no. saying stuff like this in the car. They've been listening. Oh, my word. Okay, so here's the story. Basically, the other day I was at school drop off. And if you time it wrong, which I had that morning, I waited too long. We were running late. And so we get there when everybody else who's running late is just right there. So I was getting too annoyed in the line and we're moving up, moving up. People, you drop off and then you keep going. And in my mind, the simplest way to do this is to form one line and just everybody waits patiently as each parent drops their children off or whatever. In theory, this should work. But what was happening was this other person, like I was trying to just wait my turn to scoot up to drop off my girls. And this other person comes up behind me because I hadn't dropped my kids off yet. And they wanted to just get going because they dropped their kids off two car lengths behind me or whatever and they wanted to cut in front so they jam over to the side there's not a lot of room you know which line I'm talking about it's like there's not really two lanes that are comfortable like so they jam over and then they kind of cut and they were going to try to cut in front of me to turn left and get out the parking lot so I was like oh no no you didn't (laughs) do that (laughs) (laughs) so I was like turned into I don't know a high school or something but I was like no and so I tried to like slowly put pressure on them which was so dumb but I was like (laughs) trying to jam in and around the corner but then I got stuck in the crosswalk so half of my back end of my car was like kind of up on the bump that is the crosswalk so I was like oh this is so embarrassing like the entire small town we live in (laughs) comes to school and they're gonna see me like 
awkwardly perched, you know, like trying to turn all because I reacted to someone else reacting, you know, which was so dumb. But I just, oh, it was so humbling because I'm like, okay, that is, I can't do stuff like that. Like, I don't want to be that mom. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But I mean, the funny thing is they probably don't even remember it. Yeah, they probably don't. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. When we drive, each one of us is so wrapped up in our own little world that's contained in our car. Yeah. Like the kids are loud and I'm distracted <laughs> or the coffee's spilled or I'm stressed about sick family or yes. the train made me late. Now I'm going to be late to work. Mm-hmm. So I've got to get the kids out or I'm lost in the throes of a good song and totally uh-huh. unaware of time or <laughs> I'm anxious because I'm going to interview. All these things are going to affect our driving. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if we had reader boards on our cars to explain our thoughts, we'd be a lot more understanding of the other drivers. Yeah. But either that or we'd give the loony ones an extra <laughs> wide berth. <laughs> you just go on right ahead. You can go first. <laughs> Craziest first. <laughs> I mean, the drop-off line is stressful because all these things intersect and we're following different rules of etiquette. Yeah. Because I think you ascribe to the single file, we'll go forward and drop off in sequence. And everyone gets out in the same order that they got in, Mm -hmm. which is not wrong. But the other driver probably thought that there were two lanes so that you could pull into the moving lane, left lane, after Mm -hmm. they drop off their kids. And they're like, didn't think anything of it. Um, And and the school handbook doesn't say that one or the other is right or wrong. I mean, they just want us to be safe. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure sure the other driver meant nothing by it. But but it still like sticks with us. And Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I can't let go of things. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. My solution is to get there earlier. Yes. Um, I think I saw it. Do you guys have like a, do you guys have a Thule box in your car? Yes. Okay. I, anyway, so I, think I tried I to you. wave at you yeah. actually. Yes, I, I saw you. I, I saw you as you were turning, but my solution is to get there earlier. Yes. And I think it's a little less hairy at 745 than it Ugh, is at 755. Sure. But if that doesn't happen and you get caught in the mess, try not to worry too much about the how. Um, as long as the kids are safe and they're at school, I, it was a successful drop off. Yes. Um, but it's not always easy to just let go of that yeah oh it's just driving apparently is a sticky spot for me (laughs) I think it's like you said all the emotions whatever else is going on in the car or whatever else led up to you guys all getting in the car so yeah I love that idea just getting Mm -hmm. there earlier just know that it's you know something that stresses me out and just anticipate you know if I go early it's going to be way less hectic so and but it's easy to think that everything that the other driver does is intentional when I mean, we should be intentional with our driving, but all those things that distract or that are influencing our driving, it's unintentionally influencing it. And so yeah. they're doing things, but it's not meant to be like, I don't know, world yeah. policy or. Yeah. Meant know. to bother me yeah. specifically. <laughs> they aren't out to get Ooh, you. it's Hannah. I'm going to try to cut her off. <laughs> yeah, that's just not this, what's going on. If, they, if this were the Truman Show, that would be the case. But <laughs> I know. It's so true. Okay, so that's that's the whole driving scenario. Let's talk about work scenarios. I mean, I'm sure there are a million scenarios that you face that require self-control and poise and manners, even though you may be thinking, what in the world? <laughs> or whatever it may be. So do you have one of those off the top of your head? So... The first thing that comes to mind is um, maggots. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like literal maggots. Yeah. Oh. Um, which, um, so I work in the ER. Okay. And um, and you get the whole gamut from yeah. like people that scrape their toe. I mean, it, it's it's everything from very sick to very not sick. Okay. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, there was one day I was I had got a new patient and I walked in and somebody had like nicely covered them up and they were here for like a wound check or something. And so I flipped the sheet back and I'm like, I don't I won't describe it because I don't want to gross you guys out um, because <laughs> this is all about poise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but I did that mental 
oh, um, because they had a, a huge infection on their foot oh and all these goodness. all these maggots. <gasps> oh and, my um, goodness! And it was like I, I covered it back up and tried to keep my face normal, yes. like, and talk about something else, and yeah. then like get out of there as fast as I could yeah. because I was just like, "What on earth is going on?" <laughs> And, and since then, I've had other patients, multiple patients that come in like that. Oh um, and it's less of a surprise. But the first time, oh. like, is seared into my memory. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Oh, I can't but. even imagine. And keeping and making sure, like you said, that you treat that person with respect yeah. and care. And But just it's tough when something catches you off guard or is shocking mm. or, you know, something gross happens. And, yeah, there was a show years ago I used to watch all the time. My mom and I would watch it together. It's like untold stories of the ER, and they definitely had a scenario that just <laughs> reminds me of that. Um, but yeah, I had a scenario when I was teaching and, and working full time um, before I had kids where it really required a lot of composure. And you tend, you know, you had like parent situations sometimes yeah. where you really had to stay calm and remember they're trying to look out for their kids and, and mm-hmm. they're trying to advocate or do what's best, they, what they think is best for their student. And even if I didn't agree, I had to really keep a really, like you said, either a poker face or a cheerful yeah. face or whatever it may, the situation requires. And I do remember one time where we were doing auditions for a talent show, school-wide talent show. So just think American Idol, because mm-hmm. that's basically how it was. You had to keep that polite demeanor but people would audition that you just wanted to be like, oh, no. They oh, couldn't honey, carry a tune no. if it was nailed to a bucket. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh. So I do remember, and I was in a really giggly mood one time, which was really unfortunate. But I didn't burst out. But I was like, oh, <laughs> be the grown-up. Be the grown-up. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really – when you step back, though, like you said, and just regain your, your composure, because we're, yeah. we're only human, but mm-hmm. – if we're aware that people matter and we're trying to be kind and, you know, that's that's what's going to make the difference and help us, you know, to have poise in those challenging work scenarios. How about coworkers? I was I was thinking about this and reflecting back to my own experiences. And I can what I remember is that often the most difficult people were not my students or even their parents. It was coworkers. Mm-hmm. So um, do you want to kind of run through some scenarios that oh, we yeah. might face with that? So coworker relationships. Um lots of different situations um some of those could be like what to do when somebody blames you for something that you didn't do mm-hmm. how do you how do you act or react and what to do with a coworker who doesn't do their share of the work mm-hmm. or if they are rude and they're insensitive to you or somebody who's argumentative or is always condescending or somebody that always tries to get ahead of others including you by putting them you down or puffing themselves up especially in front of the boss when facing argumentative and rude and condescending people, avoidance is always my first choice. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> but it doesn't I really do. solve the problem. <laughs> I'm really, really good at putting people in their place. But it always happens when I'm processing after the fact and it's only in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the thing that has served me the best is to mind my tongue. Um, work can be busy and people say things and it'd be really easy to find somebody to just unload on. But instead, I try to only say things about people that I would be comfortable having them he- over here. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's really awkward if somebody walks around the corner and you're dishing on them. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes that means that I say nothing, which isn't always easy or comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second strategy I have is to choose to look over the offense. Most times we'll be wounded because we took something to heart that was just a flippant comment and it, it, they meant nothing by it. And if we can look over the offense, we can move on to a productive relationship. Um, but if I can't, it's just going to like 
sabotage everything in the future. Yeah, I completely agree with those strategies. And another thing I was thinking about was not taking things personally, because that's something I do struggle with or have in the past. And just remain objective because that helps you to not get caught up in it could be just kind of created drama like you Mm -hmm. said sometimes people don't even mean to hurt your feelings they're just talking or joking and so as our listener last week shared it's probably not you they're probably having a bad day yeah (laughs) and I love that piece of advice so setting boundaries is always a good idea and just always being above accusation like taking the high road and have integrity so that nobody can point out where you went wrong over time integrity does speak louder than a mean comment or retort back even though that would sound so fun in the moment (laughs) retaliation usually backfires as we've all probably experienced at some point so if we can kind of take some steps back out of an argument, a pointless argument that's not going to get us anywhere. You know, if it's a moral issue that you're like standing up for, of course, like if it was a student and, you know, or a patient or whatever, that's awesome and hold your, hold your position. But just in general, I think if we just, you know, if we have the attitude that, you know, not everyone will have the same values or beliefs as us and there's nothing we can really do to change that. And, you know, then that's okay. And it helps us not, it just kind of helps us be more set up for success instead of disappointment, I think, mm-hmm. with coworkers at least. Another idea from an article I found on Forbes.com was just talking about taking a good look in the mirror. Like if you're having issues with someone, the idea of you look honestly at yourself first because you might be too sensitive or letting jealousy or envy get in the way. And I thought, oh, that's so good because that's so true. Or, you know, they ask, could resentment be playing a role in how you deal with this person? So just recognizing any kind of biases or notions that you have in your mind that may or may not be true or correct, Mm -hmm. um, that can be the first step in correcting a problem. So the article went on to say that, you know, encourage people to identify what's making us so angry with this person like what's the root of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and also to find common ground if possible one of the things I think when um when there's a person that consistently bothers me Mm -hmm. I realize that a lot of times the thing that's bothering me is something in my own life Mm -hmm. that I also struggle with yes and they are handling it differently than I think they should and and so it's like we have the same we have the same thorn in our flesh but it's just it's bothering me. Yes. So true. <laughs> and, and it's nothing. And once I realize that I can, I can get, get over things and realize that, um, I can give them the same grace that I give myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. And now the piece de resistance. <laughs> yes. Let's examine what to do with family stress and pressure. <laughs> so we've talked about driving and work and coworkers. And now family, what do you do when you feel misunderstood or put down or criticized for something? How do you stay poised and cool under pressure? I personally think this is the hardest scenario of all because it's very hurtful when the people you should feel the safest with, you know, turn on you mm-hmm. or lash out at you. I mean, I think this is one of the hardest things because you're stuck with family. Yeah. I mean, on the flip side, they are stuck with you also. <laughs> <Yes>. So it's, <laughs> it's very true. I love my family dearly, um, but we all have this special talent for getting under the skin of our family. Yes, it's so true. I find that it's helpful with family to use those I feel statements and really put, again, just focus on your part, not necessarily attaching motive to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you didn't mean to... But when you said this or did this, I felt this way or, you know, I feel this way when I hear you say this or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, you can kind of even just throw out a little disclaimer like, I don't know, I think maybe I'm misunderstanding or misinterpreting this. But the other day when we were all doing this and you said this, I felt 
this way. But yeah, and also in that uh, workplace advice from the Forbes article, they actually said the same thing about remaining calm and not getting defensive. And don't always think that you have to justify your thinking or your actions. Oh, and this is so true with family because (laughs) we all make choices. And like you said, choices about everything and people may or may not agree and we may handle something differently than our family wants us to. And it's hard when you start thinking, taking things personally because then you lose it's just more difficult to maintain your composure and people pick up on that oftentimes too so if they're being hurtful they're going to keep going and know that they've got you and if they're not trying to be hurtful it'll still just it's a bad scenario Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think well sometimes I end up playing a mediator role when drama rears up Um, I don't think that's because I'm particularly wise but rather that I I gently play the devil's advocate Mm -hmm. and I listen I hear the frustration out yeah Um, So much of family drama, at least in my experience, seems to start with misunderstanding. Mm. Um, I think we as people have an intense desire to be heard. And sometimes everything just spills out like white hot as we lash out in anger. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this never leads to a solution to the situation. But it can be necessary to just get it out Mm because it's just eating you alive. Um, And it helps to have somebody listen to you as you're just unloading and then kind of put the finger on the root or the root of the problem, but not necessarily if, if I was frustrated with you, I need to talk to somebody else. If I'm just so hot in my head, I can't, yes. I can't get words out coherently Yes, um, because anything that I say to you would just wound you more. And so it's just going to stir things up. So when I talk to a mediator, they can be more objective. And then sometimes you need to have a mediated conversation afterwards yeah. between the, the two people. And sometimes you just need that person to listen to you and then you can put it behind you because yeah. the other person has no idea and bringing it up is just going to make more drama. And then other times you need to step back and just put your thoughts in order to yourself. But as a rule of thumb, I try to never have those conversations about touchy subjects right away when I'm in the moment yes. and when I'm frustrated. <laughs> in the mo- emotion of it. Because <laughs> if I come to it frustrated, it's just not going to end well. Because I I can't say, I can't talk when I'm angry and then I just cry and then it, it it's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I know. it's Being a great listener is so important and it's such a great skill to have and to keep working on because... You know, if we can help people feel like they've really been heard and we've really, Mm -hmm. you know, calmed ourselves, gotten in a good place that when we're talking this out, it's not going to come across that you've got still some bitterness or anger or resentment or whatever that's going to cloud your ability to say something. That's going to be the best place to start. So it's also good to just even in prayer, just ask God to help you see the underlying issue. Like a lot of times it's not even us or you know, maybe the other person's going through a personal problem or issue or stress that they didn't even know was affecting how they come across to other people and they lash out at you, but they're upset about something completely different. So sadly, we can't wave a magic wand and make people see (laughs) things our way. You know, sometimes we wish we could, but we can respond to their anger or frustration with grace and love and therefore (laughs) will come across as having great poise. A second great article by Forbes added this detail, extending common courtesies to everyone is a good rule of thumb, no matter who you are dealing with. Treating everyone with politeness and respect, even when you disagree, will create a baseline of civility. And I love that line, like Mm -hmm. a baseline of civility. That means treating others as you wanna be treated, which we know is the, the golden rule. Even small gestures of kindness, they say, can help ease tensions and forge goodwill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the suggestions for coworkers, but even with family and maybe especially with family, yeah. we need to mind our tongue and um, and look over the offense 
if the situation calls for it and not talk when we're frustrated. And that's not to say that you just lay down and let everybody walk over you. There are times where you need to have conversations and you need to talk about things gently and wisely so you can move towards healing. But poise is when you choose those conversations carefully and you don't just get swept away in the heat of the moment. So when we choose to not talk when we're frustrated, there's no guarantee that we will get the same treatment back. But at least if we can handle with poise our conscience will be clear at the end of the day. Yeah, that's so true. So here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to having poise and really learning how to do that in these stressful scenarios that we all face from time to time. So on the road, smile and don't be in a hurry. And that's the one I'm (laughs) going to take to heart, especially in our homes. Breathe and respond with love. And with family, take a step back, don't jump to conclusions, and pray for that wisdom about how to handle everything. In the workplace, be confident and don't let emotions rule you. And lastly, around the holidays, slow down and don't overcommit. Often we become more easily frazzled because we take on too much. Everyone tends to be tense during the holidays. Family hurts. There's dysfunction maybe that's happening and gets almost like the magnifying glass on it during a holiday. There can be past wounds. There can be self-imposed pressure, comparison, stress from an overbooked calendar. So all that to say, we have to know that it's coming. It just is coming. December comes every year. (laughs) And pray for grace to enjoy the holidays. Walk into family parties with joy and grace no matter what happens. And this is a hard one, I know. But ask for God's strength to get us through. And if you know a certain person is going to be there who maybe really pushes your buttons, just don't get into those inflammatory topics of discussion. It's okay to avoid those issues in conversation or gracefully bow out if it starts to really get escalated. So yeah, avoiding that issue, even if you know it's going to lead to a fight or an outburst or whatever it could be. So those are our, those are our hopefully nuggets of wisdom for you today. And yeah, it's just learning how to walk in that grace and poise. It's a real journey. Mm-hmm. but it's worth it's one worth taking so we always talk about some of our favorite things with each other and so Christina I would love to hear some of your favorite things right now well one of my favorite parts uh, this time of the year is having a fire in the fireplace um, I think I've probably mentioned that before here sorry <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> the same four favorite things <laughs> um, last year we put in a wood stove we use the wood stove to heat the house during the winter um, it can be a pain to load the wood box in the rain but it sure makes me happy when we get the electric bill <laughs> I like how the house temperature fluctuates during the day. There's something nice about waking up to a cold house and then making a fire and the kids eat breakfast and get dressed by the fire. And then as the morning progresses, the house warms up and gets all cozy. Um, So that just feels like winter to me. I, I really enjoy those that memory. I love that too. I think that's fires are so special to me too because it's like everything about it. And yours, it's a wood stove, right? So mm-hmm. you can smell the. You smell a little bit. The you smell. smell a little bit. So Hannah came over to my house one time. <laughs> yes. And it we had just loaded up wood, and um, this doesn't happen all the time. I promise. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it'd be really nice to have a fire in the fireplace. It was a little cooler, and so I. I I lit the fire and then I walked away and I forgot that I lit it. And I mean, the door was closed. I wasn't going to burn the house down. Right. But then like we were sitting in the kitchen talking. I'm like, this is weird. And I look over like behind you. Smelled some smoke. And and, like the the family room is like kind of sunken and it's like full of smoke. Like there's like you wade into the smoke. I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) this has never happened before. And so I, and, and it had just been like smoldering. Yeah. It didn't generate enough heat to clear the 
chimney. And yes. so the smoke, rather than going up the flue, was just like creeping back out <laughs> into the into the living room. And so I was like, okay, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So I got it hot enough so that the flue cleared and then the smoke started going up. But I still had the smoke in the house. And then every single fire alarm went off, like one after yep. the other. And I was like, honestly, this doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> like, I'm a really good driver. I promise. I promise. I'm a really good driver. I know. Firefighting's like in your family too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so awesome. Well, we learn by um, burning our house down. <laughs> so. No, that's so good. I love the smell of smoke and fires. That's yeah. why I love campfires. Actually, it's one of the best parts of camping to me because camping can be super fun and but a lot of work. But when you get that fire going, it's like, oh, it's so cozy. <laughs> but remember, but remember, <laughs> clear the flu. <laughs> yes, indoors, please. Do. Yeah. No, it's so good. All right. Well, moving on to a mom win. And that is just a moment that we feel like, okay, we got it. We got this. <laughs> and things are going smoothly. And a lot of times those don't last super long, but we're going to count them as victories. So if you have a mom win to share, you can email me at hannah at sundayafternoonmama.com or send a little Facebook message or Instagram direct message. You could even leave a voicemail and it's one four zero one three seven one mama So Christina is up with a mom win this week. And I was thinking about that and I can't think of anything dramatic, but there are little snapshots through the days that I see as mom wins. Yeah. Um, and I think that when we start to look for those, they become more frequent because we notice them more. Things like the days that the kids wake up and they smile first thing, mm. or the days that we get the house picked up, swept and vacuumed, and it all happened on the first try. Yes. <laughs> um, or, or when you lose track of time reading bedtime stories, or like that happy hum of the dishwasher in a clean kitchen, mm. or you're arranging the pillows in the family room so they'll be pretty for 10 minutes. Yes. And however fleeting these things are, are all mom wins. Um, and no, they don't happen. They don't all happen every day. But it's so important to mark the successes. We're so good at seeing our failures already. Uh, my dad one time told me that we should measure family outings with the 50% rule. And the 50% rule is if 50% of the time you had a good time, you count it as a successful trip. <laughs> um, and we're not lowering our expectations, but we allow life to happen. And then you end up realizing that if I'm looking for 50%, I'm way overshooting that. It's so much better than that. Yeah. But it allows us to give ourselves that grace because life isn't all mom wins. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> yes. But I can take all the ones and collect them all up to power me through the rough times. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. And like I said, I love what you said about if you start noticing them, you'll you'll notice yeah. more because yeah. if you focus more on the good than the negative or the bad or what you think is a failure, then you're going to feel good at the end of the day. Like, yeah, there's stuff that happened. I wouldn't have you know, planned. Yeah. <laughs> that was, but you know, yeah, I totally agree. Okay. Well, we have one more quick little segment that we like to do and it's just a bumblebee moment. And I called it that because my six-year-old for a long time could not say the word bumblebee. She said bumblebee and it was just cute. And so that just means a moment that we notice that's like a random or funny thing that kids, our kids do at home or when we're out and about. So if you have a moment to share, like many of you have, you can just, um, same thing, just direct message me on Facebook or Instagram, or even on the homepage of the website, sundayafternoonmama.com. You can click on share a bumblebee moment and that works too. So I have one to start and then I'm sure I think you have one too. So mine is that around Halloween, about a month and a half ago, um, <laughs> I was helping volunteer just at a school party in the gym. And volunteer means I actually just walked around with my daughter. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> um, by the way, I loved Christine had a Where's Waldo like character outfit. It was amazing. <laughs> 
So I just noticed this kid was dressed like Batman and he was walking confidently across the gym floor and he's, I overheard him say, if I see the Joker, he better be scared because I'm Batman. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm Batman just I, for today. Yeah, but. just for today. But it was great. He was just like owning it. Like I am Batman. So do you have one for us, Christina? Yeah. Um, so the other day my parents watched the kids and my daughter was telling me afterwards how they got to eat out at the duck place, you know, the Donald Duck. And, and we were looking at each other kind of like, that's odd. Um, and then my boy broke in and said, yeah, old McDonald's. <laughs> and I got a toy. So um, Old McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> so McDonald's made an impression, um, but probably not in the way that they had intended. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's good. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you again, Christina, for being with us. And it's always so fun to chat with you. I really enjoy getting to visit. Um, It's fun to get a chance to talk. So thank you for having me today. Oh, no problem. (laughs) Okay. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. And another way you can share this podcast is to screenshot when you're listening and post it on your social media like an Instagram story is a fun way to do that come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook if you don't already and I'll be back with you next week in the meantime I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together take a deep breath and smile you've got this bye for now sweet friends